Good evening, my friends, and welcome back to 62 Horror Movies with Josh Hitchens. That's me, where I will be your host for a creepy double feature every night throughout the month of October. Come join me, won't you? So it is October the 8th, and tonight is Hitchcock Night here on 62 Horror Movies. I mean, of course, Alfred Hitchcock, one of my favorite film directors of all time. Our first feature of the night is going to be Psycho, released in 1960, and then The Birds, released in 1963. And I'm going to try and not talk forever about Psycho in particular because I could. Uh, It is one of my favorite movies. If you want a really in-depth book about the making of Psycho, everything that is known about the making of this movie, there is a great book you should read uh, called Alfred Hitchcock and the Making of Psycho, written by Stephen Ribello. Um, It's full of just fantastic um, tidbits and pieces of history uh, that you won't find all put together in one place anywhere else but this book. Um, So highly, highly, highly recommend that. Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho, as I uh, mentioned in a previous episode was inspired kind of indirectly by House on Haunted Hill, which was released in 1959, uh, directed by William Castle. So William Castle made these horror movies for very little money, and they grossed millions of dollars sometimes. So that got Alfred Hitchcock going after he had done all these incredible big-budget films in the ni- throughout the 1950s that what if we made a movie like that? Uh, Psycho only had a budget of a little over $800,000, and it was filmed in black and white, and it was filmed for the most part using the crew of his television show, Alfred Hitchcock Presents. Um, And this movie grossed about $50 million, um, all told throughout history. Um, Huge, huge hit in a lot of ways. Uh, I don't think Alfred Hitchcock really ever recovered from it um, because this movie was so successful and made an indelible mark on popular consciousness. Uh, He never quite matched that again, never quite reached something as iconic as Psycho ever again. Yeah. One of the great things uh, about Psycho, of course, is its music, which is composed by Bernard Herrmann, a frequent collaborator with Alfred Hitchcock, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant composer, um, really suited Hitchcock's mood. And this, I think, is Herrmann's, if not his best score, very close, top top two at least. Um, And we're going to listen to just a little bit of that, the opening theme, while I talk more about his music. (laughs) 
So since Psycho had a much lower budget than the movies that Herman and Hitchcock had collaborated on before it, uh, Bernard Herman decided to compose his score for Psycho using nothing but strings. Uh, so it has a very, very unforgettable sound to it. Can be both men deeply menacing and disturbing, and also really beautiful. Sort of these aching violins at times. Um, and if you not right now, obviously. But if you ever get the chance to see Psycho in an actual movie theater, I highly recommend you do. Um, I got the opportunity to see Psycho in a theater a couple years ago, and the thing that really struck me about it is seeing Psycho in a theater, Bernard Herrmann's music gets inside of you. Like, you can feel it vibrating the, the seats and like it really assaults you physically like it is so 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 loud and persistent uh, when you're in an actual movie theater and his music for the shower scene is absolutely even more horrific when you're in a theater it just cuts through you on um, those screaming violins the famous shower scene of Psycho um, was actually not intended to have music at all uh, Alfred Hitchcock originally conceived of the shower scene as being completely without music, nothing but the sound of the screams and um, the running water and the knife penetrating flesh, it, um, which is not a bad idea. I think, you know, it would be a really disturbing scene if you did it that way and be much more realistic. Um, but Bernard Herrmann disagreed with that and without telling Hitchcock composed the piece of music for the shower scene that everyone has heard today has been parodied a million times used in a million, million, million things because it's amazing. Um, and Herman played it for Hitchcock, and Hitchcock loved it, and doubled Bernard Herman's salary on this movie. And very unusually, in the opening credits, um, Bernard Herman's credit for music comes right before um, the directed by Alfred Hitchcock credit. So, for the first time in a Hitchcock movie, the person who wrote the score gets the next-to-last credit. Um to the biggest credit for Hitchcock himself. Um, so, yay, Bernard Herrmann. Uh, Psycho, was, the screenplay was written by a man named Joseph Stefano, who's actually a native of Philadelphia. Uh, and he had started recently started writing and had written several successful television movies um, in the late 1950s, and that's how he came to Hitchcock's attention. And Joseph Stefano really was the perfect screenwriter uh, for Psycho, uh, suited the material just deeply. Uh, he has said uh, in interviews, Joseph Stefano, that he was actually in therapy at the time he was writing Psycho, dealing with issues related to his mother. Um, so his screenplay, I and mean, Hitchcock loved that. He was he was really titillated by the idea of psychology and therapy. Um, and so Joseph Stefano, in his script for this movie, really weaves in some deep psychological 
themes um, that are beautifully portrayed by all of the actors uh, that are cast in it. Um, and he also contributed a sense of daring, uh, I think, to Psycho, because uh, they were... Um, Stefano and Hitchcock were talking about the opening scene and Stefano said, I'd like to see Marion shacking up with Sam on her lunch hour. And Hitchcock loved that. And he was like, we'll go right into the hotel window. So he was titillated by the sexuality of it, but also for the exciting technical possibilities that starting the movie that way, uh, represented, um, Fun fact, a little digression, uh, those opening montages of, uh, of Phoenix, Arizona, uh, they were sent to be filmed with a helicopter. Hitchcock was not personally there for their filming, but left in, but gave instructions of exactly what to do. And it was only after they got finished the shoot and were looking at the footage back in Hollywood that they realized that in some of the shots you can see Christmas decorations. Um in the store windows of Phoenix, Arizona, and that is the only reason why um, after, you know, you find out where you are, it also gives you the date um, of mid-September, of mid-December. Um, that is only there to explain the Christmas decorations. Um, just an accident. Um, and, you, you know, Psycho is really daring for the time because the movie opens up and you see these two characters, um, Marion Crane and Sam Loomis, played by uh, Janet Lee and John Gavin, in bed in their, un in their underwear. Um, and they've just had sex. And, you know, for a movie that was filmed um, 1959, released 1960, like, that's a pretty big shock, Um for a movie audience, American movie audience of that time to see, especially right at the beginning. So that kind of knocks you off kilter from the get-go, um, which is great. Um, and also, this movie is notable in film history because it is one of the first movies where you actually see a toilet in the bathroom. And if I'm pretty sure that it is the first movie where you actually see and hear a toilet being flushed. Um, Stefano really wanted that in the movie, and Hitchcock was like, mm, I'll have to fight the censors on it. Um, which he, they did by making the toilet and the flushing of it a huge, huge element in the plot that is very important in unraveling the mystery of what happened. So you could not cut it. The movie would not make sense without it. Hitchcock was great at doing things like that, um, of sort of gaming the censors. Psycho's based on the novel by Robert Block. Uh, Robert Block, great horror writer, wrote for film, uh, novelist, wrote for, and short story writer, also wrote frequently for horror films um, and TV as well, including Star Trek uh, in one of my favorite episodes. Uh, Robert Block uh, was inspired to write his novel Psycho when he learned about um, the crimes of Ed Gein uh, in Wisconsin, known as the Butcher of Plainfield, who had a very, very, very close relationship with his mother. After his mother died, he really kind he kind of lost it um he boarded up the parts of the house she had used so they were perfectly preserved um and he made he said about four over the couple of years since his mother died before he was called about 40 different trips to the lo to local graveyards 
where he dug up the bodies of young women, um, kept their a lot of their body parts, skinned them to create a sort of uh, woman suit, as he called it, um, to try and be his, his mother. Uh, and he actually murdered two other women, which is how he was finally caught. And when he was caught, they walked into his house and just found this house of horror, all these terrible, terrible things. Look it up on Wikipedia if you like. Um, it's an interesting case, also clearly inspired the Silence of the Lambs much, much later. Um, but so that was Robert Bloch's uh, inspiration for Psycho, just because he didn't live that far from Plainfield where it all happened. And he was fascinated by that idea, so he created the character of Norman Bates. And Norman Bates in Robert Bloch's novel is very, very different from how he is in the movies. Middle-aged, balding, sweaty, alcoholic, um, definitely not a likable character in any way, which is totally fine. I'm not, not saying he should be. Um, but that was one of... Joseph Stefano and Alfred Hitchcock's big changes that really, I think, worked to make Psycho a great movie. Because um, Stefano at the beginning was like, how, with Norman Bates as he is in uh, Robert Bloch's books, like, how do you make this character sympathetic so the audience will care about him? And Hitchcock said, what if Anthony Hopkins played the part? And Anthony Hopkins was, you know, in his 20s, incredibly good-looking, sort of all-American, um, also um, bisexual um, actor as well, because um, I always want to lift that that up. And he actually, uh, sadly, um, died of complications uh, from AIDS uh, in the early 90s. But he is brilliant as Norman Bates in Psycho. He projects such a vulnerability and also a creepiness, and there's also a boyishness um, and a cuteness, a bashfulness to him, along with these moments of intensity that you never see coming. It is the performance of his career, and he knew it, um, and he, he was really typecast by this role for the rest of his life, um, but eventually embraced it and starred in three sequels to Psycho, all of which are worth checking out for different reasons. Um, he did not receive an Oscar nomination for Best Actor for Psycho. Um, unfortunately, Hitchcock actually sent Anthony Perkins a telegram that said, I am ashamed of your fellow actors. Because um, Hitchcock was nominated for Best Director at the Oscars, and that brings us to Janet Lee, who was nominated for the Oscar for Best Supporting Actress for her role as Marion Crane. Um, Janet Lee, one of the was a big, big star at the time. Um, really loved working with Hitchcock, and she gives a wonderful, wonderful performance as Marion Crane. Um, she really makes you see the insides of this woman who is, you know, kind of stuck in life and sees a, a crazy chance to get at, to get out of it and does something very impulsive and very, very foolish and goes on the run um, and then comes to realize that what she's done was a mistake and she's going to go back um, and try and make amends and work things out. But it just so happens that she stays at the Bates Motel. Um, 
and that's all I'm going to say about that in case you've never seen this before. Um, also really great in this movie is Martin Balsam, um, who plays Arbogast, a private investigator who you see in the second half of this movie. Um, actor studio um, per performer, just really great, um, cold and intense, but also with these moments of mischief. Um, he really, he's very, very effective um, as Arbogast here, and you'll remember his performance, I assure you. Um, all right, uh, not too bad. I'm going to stop there so we can go pause and watch Psycho now and make sure you turn that music up loud, folks, to hear Bernard Herrmann's All Strings Very Terrifying Score. See you after Psycho. We are listening to the opening credits of The Birds, uh, Alfred Hitchcock's next film after Psycho, released in 1963. And unlike Psycho, where the music is such an integral driving force to the movie, um, really elevates it and deepens it, the music in The Birds is almost always constructed of bird sounds um, in different scenes. Um, uh, music was still supervised by, uh, by Bernard Herrmann, though. And I think Alfred Hitchcock really struggled in finding something to follow Psycho, which was such a wild, wild success that no one saw coming um, just how mm, successful Psycho would be, both financially and just in terms of entering everyone's consciousness. Um, so Alfred Hitchcock had released a movie all, at least one a year all throughout the 1950s, which um, he described as uh, the peak of his creativity, culminating in Psycho, uh, made in 1959, released in 1960. Um, and then had to try and find something to follow it. Um, his agent actually asked him, like, what will you do for an encore? And I think that was a really hard question to answer for a long time. Uh, but eventually Alfred Hitchcock decided on The Birds, which is based on um, a novella by Daphne du Maurier, um, who had also written the novels Jamaica Inn and Rebecca, um, both of which Hitch Hitchcock had filmed earlier in his career. Rebecca was Hitchcock's first Hollywood movie in 1940. Um, and he didn't change Rebecca very much. It's very, very close to the book. Uh, he wanted to, but David Selznick wouldn't let him. Jamaica Inn's very different from the book, which pissed off Daphne du Maurier. And Hitchcock's version of The Birds did not please her either, um, because... All Hitchcock really takes from the original de Maurier, um, 
story is the idea of bird attacks and that's it. Uh, the short story is, uh, takes place at, in a small farmhouse in England and Hitchcock transplants the birds to the small town of Bodega Bay in California. Um, and the story that Daphne du Maurier wrote was based on newspaper accounts of actual mass bird attacks on humans that were unexplained and then, you know, started very suddenly and continued and then all of a sudden stopped. And no one ever has really found a definitive explanation for that. Um, so it really relies upon the terror of and the truth that if the an if the animal species of the world decided that they wanted to wipe out the human race, they easily could do it. And I think why the birds is a classic is because it portrays that so vividly in scenes that are just terrifying. Um, the birds, I don't think, is a masterpiece like Psycho is. I think it's I think it's a very flawed film in a lot of ways, mostly due to its script. Uh, script was written by Evan Hunter, who is um, more popularly known as the mystery and thriller novelist Ed McBain. Uh, and he and Hitchcock worked well together, but they knew that there was something missing from the script of the birds, and they never quite figured out what it was. Um, Evan Hunter really wanted to include scenes that gave more of an explanation for why the birds were attacking people, um, but Hitchcock would never allow it, um, and different thing, and different things like that, a lot of different character deepening stuff Hunter wanted to do, and Hitchcock said no. And I think that's a deficiency of the birds. Um, like, Psycho is a movie filled with great acting. The Birds is not. Uh, the Birds is an exquisitely directed movie with cutting edge, still amazing to look at special effects. Um, it is a technical masterpiece, but as sort of a story about human characters that you care about, I don't think The Birds is that but it works anyway and is worth watching anyway. Um, and Hunter and Hitchcock decided that what they would do to throw the audience off the track, that this was a horror movie, is that the first act of the movie, roughly the first half hour or so, would play like a romantic comedy where um, Melanie Daniels, played by Tippi Hedren, and... Um, uh, Mitch Brenner, played by Rod Taylor, kind of meet cute and have this erotically charged but competitive um, relationship in the beginning. Um, and it's what brings Melanie to Bodega Bay, which is where um, she's attacked for the first time. Uh, and that's an interest and it's an interesting way to start the movie. It's a really nice misdirection um and then it just keeps getting more and more intense as the film goes on i think it's really interesting i've 
that in uh, the first scene when we see Melanie Daniels, uh, played by Tippy Hedren, as she enters the bird store, all the birds in the store kind of go crazy. They all start, um, you know, chirping a lot, lot louder, um, which is which is an interesting thing. Um, Hunter wanted to include more stuff in this movie that, like, there was something about Melanie herself that was causing these attacks to happen um, for some reason, which is kind of briefly hinted at in a later scene uh, in a diner where a, um, a woman actually does accuse Melanie um, since all the attacks started happening after she arrived in Bodega Bay. Um, but then they don't really do anything more with it. Melanie is played by Tippi Hedren. Um, this was her first movie, um, and she's really, really great in it. Um, Alfred Hitchcock signed her to an exclusive contract and really started her learning the business. Like, she sat in on all the production meetings that he had of all the different departments. She later said that because of this, she learned, she learned about film in, in three years what it would have taken her 15 years to learn otherwise. Um, and Hitchcock chose her as the lead in the birds and, uh, really worked closely with her on, creating her performance and she's very good in the movie um you can tell that hitchcock never really got over the loss of grace kelly um who i think was kind of his ideal um female actor um, grace kelly appeared in dialem for murder rear window and to catch a thief um and she is kind of the the ultimate uh hitchcock blonde um as the saying goes um and Hitchcock always was trying to kind of find the next Grace Kelly. He tried it with Vera Miles, uh, didn't work out. And then he tried it with Tippi Hedren, and very unfortunately, that did not work out. Um, I don't think, I, I can't talk about the birds in good conscience without mentioning um, the sexual harassment uh, that Tippi Hedren encountered uh making the birds and then hit and then uh the hitchcock's following film marnie um i don't want to go into the specifics of it here but uh if you want to learn more about it and i think it's important to learn about um if you go to tippy hedron's wikipedia page uh there's a lot of quotes about it you know so you can hear hear the story in her own words um and I think her story is an important one to be heard. Um, but she remained proud of the birds uh, throughout all her life um, and really does a great job in it. Um, yeah. Rod Taylor is, perfe is perfectly fine uh, as, Mitch, as Mitch Brenner. He's sort of that uh, stand-in for Cary Grant, who is also Hitchcock's always ideal sort of leading man. Uh, he He's like... A, a nice approximation. Uh, more interesting, you have Jessica Tandy as um, Mitch as Mitch's uh, mother, Lydia Brenner, who is very, very, very protective of her son um, and very wary of any women that get close to her son. And uh, Jessica Tandy, legendary actor, uh, was the first 
the original Blanche Dubois in A Streetcar Named Desire on Broadway. Um, in her 80s, she would win the Best Actress Oscar for Driving Miss Daisy. Um, and in between, uh, she pops up as Lydia in Alfred Hitchcock's The Birds. Um, and one scene featuring her where she goes to check on a neighbor, I think, is one of the scenes that has really never left my mind. It's one of those things that you kind of can't unsee uh, once you see it. Um, it's a nice moment of horror. Also really, really good in this movie is Suzanne Plachette as Annie Hayworth, the school teacher who is a former uh, lover of Mitch Brenner and has kind of settled in Bodega Bay um, to be near him, even though they're not together and sort of is carving out a life for herself. Uh, and she's a really earthy, uh, interesting presence in this film, you know, in contrast to um, Tippi Hedren as Melanie Daniels, who's much more sort of glacial in a lot of ways. Um, Suzanne Plachette as Annie Hayworth is very much the opposite of that. Um, and, of course, is involved in a wonderful scene uh, with the children fleeing uh, the school and the playground. Um yeah, The Birds, I think, while not a perfect movie, is a movie that is well worth watching. I would say um, flaw flawed masterpiece, um, great, great special effects that still hold up and still scare you. Highly recommend it. Uh, so where you can watch both Psycho and The Birds, um, you can rent them both uh, from most of the typical places like Amazon Prime. Um, Peacock TV, uh, the NBC, new NBC streaming service, if you sign up for um, their $4.99 premium level, then you can watch most of Alfred Hitchcock's big movies on that service for $4.99, uh, including Psycho and The Bird. So if you want to stream them, that is... Uh, an option for you as well. So, go and watch the birds, and we'll come back and close out our night. My friends, thank you very much for joining me once again on 62 Horror Movies with Josh Hitchens. Tomorrow night, we are going to watch what I think are the best haunted house movies ever made, The Haunting from 1963, and The Legend of Hell House, made ten years later in 1973. Until then, my friends, sleep well, and have a happy Halloween. Halloween.